Hey guys, thanks for joining me online. Did you know you're one of about 7,000 people who watches our messages every week? And I'm so glad you're on the journey with me spiritually and with Connection Point. You're about to start a series called Greater Things, and it's all about the vision for where God's taking us as a movement. I just want you to know, whether you're watching from Chicago, from Phoenix, from anywhere in the world, that we consider you part of our movement. And I wanna encourage you to join me and join this church family in what God is doing now. To learn more about how you can be involved, visit connectionpoint.org, click on Greater Things, and you can learn more about the vision, about what we're gonna do, how God is gonna work, and how you can join in. Well, we do wanna celebrate what God did through all of you last weekend for Easter. We had seven services, and more than 600 of you served. Many of you served over multiple services. By God's grace, we reached more people with the good news of Jesus than ever before. Last year, we prayed and hoped that we would break through a barrier and have 7,000 people here. This year, we broke through another barrier and we had right at 8,000 people here. Will you guys give yourselves a round of applause? God is at work and he's at work through you and because of you. Most importantly, way more important than any number, is that each one of those is an individual, a soul, who will eternally live somewhere. We know dozens trusted in Christ for the first time. There's probably some we don't know about, but we know of 37 specific individuals with names and faces who texted the word believe and are now partnered up with a pastor to be discipled, be baptized. These are 37 people who will now have eternal life with God in heaven because of what we were able to do as a church. Can we celebrate that together? God is at work here and he's using us and he's using you as you give faithfully, as you pray faithfully, as you serve faithfully. I often think of that first little group of people in the year 1837 who started this church when it was in a log cabin in the middle of a wilderness and that they had this faith that God was gonna use them. I wish we could transport those 12 or so people through time. I mean, think about it. Their first little church meeting in a log cabin, they did not have electricity. They didn't have plumbing. This was before Coca-Cola. This was before the Civil War. I like to point out this was before Ohio State University existed as well that this church started. I mean, could, could you imagine if we could transport those 12 people here and they could see that because of their faithfulness in their generation, God reached 8,000 people in one weekend and 37 new believers because of their faithfulness. And this weekend, we start a series about what is God calling us to do in our generation. You know, this church has grown through every generation. And you see, when you go to Europe, these big cathedrals where a church had grown and now it's empty, it's a museum or it's a commercial mall. By God's grace, this church in every generation has had a vision and the people of the church have stepped out in faith to make the vision happen and it continues to grow and to change lives. And we know that God's gonna keep doing that here. Well, speaking of what this church has done throughout the years and how each generation has stepped out, I wanna show a picture that some of you will recognize. It's this facility when it was rising up out of the ground 19 years ago in the year 2000. 
You see, God gave, uh, back in the 1990s, a vision to a group of hundreds of people who were meeting when this church was meeting down where City Hall is now, and they had this vision that they would buy this cornfield, and they would build this huge building that could house thousands of people. In fact, I was talking last night with a gal in our congregation who was there in the 1990s, and she said, I remember when they showed us a picture of the lobby. They had all these building plans laid out. And me and all my friends, we looked and we said, how could they ever fill up that lobby? And she said, now I come on Saturday nights and the lobby's full on Saturday night, let alone on Sunday. But there were people who had a vision and it seemed big, it seemed almost impossible, but they gathered their resources, they moved in faith, they stepped out and this building that we're in rose up out of this cornfield. And one campaign after another, faithful leaders said, here's what God's calling us to do and faithful people responded. After that building opened and it started to fill up, we realized we need more kids space. And so the leaders at that time cast a vision and the people, many of you in here, got behind it and built Kid City. Now, if you've been in Kid City lately, you know it looks like Disneyland in there. We have a premier kids and student ministry facilities. I mean, all around the country, people talk about the facilities we have here, and we get to make disciples of our young people with such an amazing facility. This is Kid City when it was just a blank canvas before it got all decorated. Here's the lobby that most of you entered in today when it was being built. All of this is here because of the faith of people who said, I believe in God and I'm gonna follow God. None of it's here by accident. This is probably my favorite picture as I looked through these old photos of this building being built. On the left, you see the lead pastor at the time, Steve Reeves, who's casting the vision. And you see all these kids in construction hats breaking ground where the facility now is. And what I love about this picture is that so many of these kids are now in college and so many of them are following Jesus today. And so as we celebrate what God did last weekend through Easter, I wanna do something a little different and I want to honor all of you in this room who made this happen. All of you who've given to any one of the building campaigns throughout the history of Connection Point. So if you think back, there was the first one to buy this land. Then there was the one to build this building. There was one called Building God's Way. And then most recently, there was a campaign called Unstoppable. And in each of these campaigns, the leader cast the vision. And many of you in this room said, I believe God will use this. And you contributed specific gifts. So this might seem weird to you, but go ahead and do it because we want to honor you. If you gave to any one of those building campaigns throughout the years, would you please stand? Don't be shy. Please stand because I want to say thank you. I wouldn't be here without you. I know there's a bunch of you in here. Come on. Don't be shy. We want to say thank you. Thank you. See some of you up in the balcony. Thank you. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. It is because of you that I have a stage to stand on, and it's because of you that I'm here on this stage. It's because of you that 37 people met Christ as their Savior last week. It's because of you that thousands of lives are being changed. And you know what I love? I love that that was probably less than a third of the room here, and the other two-thirds of us were here because of that third. So thank you. And what this vision campaign is about is this. Three or four years from now, the rest of us are going to get to stand. We have an opportunity before us to say, I'm gonna be part of what God is doing now and there will be other people in this building and around the world we're gonna see who will know Christ and who will have eternal life because we stepped out 
to join God. Let me show you a picture of what God is doing through us as a church right now. Go ahead and take a look. I like to say that when I was growing up, this church was really my home because I think I probably spent more hours in this church than I did at my own house. I had not been in church for a long time. And when my girlfriend invited me to come, I thought, oh, I really don't want to. But the minute I walked through the door, there was just love, there was God, there was the Holy Spirit. And I had never in my life felt that. Because of you, I am loved. I've had one person in particular, that's my neighbor that goes to church here, knocking on my door, asking me to come here. Her persistence because of the leadership here that taught her to go out and look for people that needed Christ. That's how I was saved. I always wanted to be baptized, but I never had a church home to go where I felt comfortable enough to make that decision. Coming here and everyone being so free and accepting and open allowed me to make that decision. Because of you, I was saved. Because of you, I was baptized. It fills a, a void that, that was in my life. The life that it gives, the family that it provides, and just how they welcome in my children. The transition to high school hasn't been so easy, but my small group has helped me through it. Because of you, I found my church home. Because of you, my kids have a place to learn about Jesus. Because of you, I belong. We really got involved by leading Financial Peace University. We saw how great the principles worked in our lives, and we just wanted to be a blessing in other people's lives by helping to teach it. Because of you, I'm debt-free. I grew up as a missionary kid in Brazil. My parents are missionaries. I honestly wouldn't attend a church that wasn't mission-focused and mission-minded. Because of you, we are equipping and sending missionaries to the whole world. I got to lead worship for the first time at this church. I got to preach for the first time at this church. Um, and throughout that whole process, there were so many people that just encouraged me and really walked alongside me as I figured all that out. The people in this church have shown me what faithful servants look like. Um, and the adults especially have just mentored me and poured into me across the church really shaped everything about who I am today. It's truly because of those people that I know truly who I am and I know what I'm supposed to do. Because of you, I know who I am. Because of you, I found my purpose. Last year, my wife and I had lost our son. There's not been a point in time in which uh, our body of Christ here at the church has not been praying for us, loving us, it's God in our body of Christ who's kept us going. If you have a problem, any kind of problem, no matter what it is, there's people in this church that are willing to drop everything and open their homes to help Because of you, my marriage was restored. Because of you, I've been set free. Because of you. 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 Because of you.
celebrate what God is doing. When we come together and serve God with our gifts, with our time, he does through us what none of us, none of us could do this on our own, but together God does so much through us. You know, in a world that can be so broken, so divisive, so full of hate, in a world where opioid addictions are increasing and suicides are increasing, we get to be part of something that brings hope and brings life and bring healing, and not just in some generic way, but in real people who you can hug and you can meet. And you're surrounded in a room full of people who just like that video said, would, would sacrifice to serve you, and people who bring meals when we're sick, and people who care for us and who care about our kids. We get to be part of something that's so exciting that God is doing in our lifetimes. He's doing great things. And I'm excited because we now stand on the verge, we stand on the edge of even greater things that God is gonna do. He's done great things here, that better than we could have asked or imagined, but look at this verse in Ephesians 3, it says this, all glory to God, all right? He's the one who does the work, he's the one who saves souls, who heals marriages, who heals sickness, He's the one who's with our children and grandchildren when we can't be with them. He's the one who holds the church together. He gets the glory. But look at this. He is able, through his mighty power, it's his power that has built this church over the last 180 years, and it's his power that will accomplish this greater things vision we're about to step into. But look at this. His power is at work within us. The very power of God is at work within you. Have you lately felt the power of God pulsating through you? Have you lately been part of something that's bigger than you, that's supernatural? When we step out in a vision like this, those who stood earlier have experienced it. You step out and it's scary and then you see God work. And for those of us who haven't yet been part of that, we have the opportunity now to actually experience the mighty power of God working within us and look at this, when we step out in faith like that, God works in us and he accomplishes infinitely more than we could ask or even imagine. I mean, think of that little group of 12 real people in that log cabin starting a little church in 1837, and they probably read this verse in an older translation like the King James, and it would have been worded a little bit differently, but the idea was exactly the same. If we'll be faithful to God, he will work in us with a supernatural power, and he will do through us things that we could never even imagine. They couldn't have imagined these video screens, 8,000 people, they couldn't have imagined it, but they were faithful and God did it. And here's what I know, as each of us respond in faith and say, God, I'm gonna be part of what you're doing now, in my time, in my generation, he will do through us more than we could ask or imagine. And 180 years from now, there will be people in heaven who are there because of you. And there will be an impact on earth for good and for what is right and for peace and for prosperity and freedom that exists because of you and because of how you joined God in his work. Do you wanna be part of something that's inspiring and world-changing? Do you wanna see God do infinitely more than you could imagine? Then join us as we follow God into greater things. In the last year, in 2018, God used this church like never before. We got to tell more people than ever before in the history of the church about Jesus. We got to disciple more people. We got to baptize 331 
new believers. We got to raise our kids for Christ, and I believe that God is just getting started in this season. Check out this saying of Jesus in John chapter 14. He says this, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. What kind of works did Jesus do? Well, he raised people from the dead. He opened the eyes of the blind, and he says, if you believe in me, you'll do the works I've been doing, and they, that's plural, when we all come together, will do even greater things. I've got to be honest, the first time I read that verse, I really struggled with it. I thought, you know, I believe that everything Jesus says is true. I've seen his power in my life, but I've never gone to a funeral and opened the casket and told a body to get up and walk like Jesus did at Lazarus' funeral. So Jesus, what do you mean that when we all come together and exercise our faith that we'll do greater things? And as I was praying about that, the Holy Spirit kind of opened my eyes to realize this. Those 331 people who've been baptized over here just in the last year, every one of those was a resurrection from the dead. But here's the difference. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, a dead body stood up and walked, but you know what? 30 or 40 years later, that body died again. Not so for the 331 who we've been able to raise from the dead. Every person who places their faith in Christ is raised from death into an eternal life. And they're going to live 30 or 40 lifetimes after this world and infinitely more in the kingdom of heaven with God because he raised 331 people from the dead here last year. I believe God is just getting started as we continue to live a life of faith and say, Jesus, show us what you want us to do as a church. We will step out and follow you. We're going to see him do supernatural things. God is going to do a once in a lifetime thing here. I'm convinced of it. The elders are convinced of it. Many who've been part of this church over the last 180 years got to be part of once-in-a-lifetime things. Now we have the baton. We are going to get to be part of a once-in-a-lifetime thing if we'll follow God in this vision. But here's the question for you. Will you be part of it? Will you be part of this once-in-a-lifetime thing that God is going to do? Years from now, there will be an opportunity to stand and all of us who step out to be part of greater things will stand, and it'll be because of you that children grew up and are now adults who know Christ, who serve Christ, who are free from alcoholism and other addictions and have a life of prosperity and freedom because of you. It'll be because of you that people around the country right now who'd never set foot in a church building will encounter the power of Jesus through digital media, and they'll actually experience a relationship with God. It'll be because of you that in a world where things are shaking and unstable and unpredictable and dividing, that this movement will stay stable and coherent and growing and shine as a brighter and brighter light in the darkness. We get to do a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Will you be part of it? I want to give you a preview of these greater things. Let's take a look. Think about our heritage, the past, the power, the opportunity. Listen for the voice inside each one of us, calling us to live for something bigger than ourselves. Pushing beyond what we can accomplish in our humanity and instead taking Jesus at his word that through him, we can do greater things. We can defy the trend of countless young people turning from their faith 
meet our children where they are and raise a generation that stands firmly rooted in the life-changing message of Christ, building a strong foundation for generations to come. We can think beyond our physical walls, reaching more people than we ever thought possible, not bound by seats and parking spots, but leveraging the unique tools of our era in new ways to help God's people discover their purpose, unleash their gifts, and live as a part of something bigger than themselves. And we can be ready, ready for future doors God places before us, opportunities that are beyond our wildest imagination, ready to say yes with confidence and boldness to the greater things that are yet to come. We believe God has placed us at this time in history because our children, our families, our neighbors, our world need Christ. Let's step out together, believing that with God, greater things are yet to come. God's calling us to unite ourselves as an army for what is right, for what is good, for what is pure, a movement that brings grace and truth, peace and life and joy to our communities, to our families, to our world. We are such a movement. I'm so excited about where God is calling us forward. There's three pieces of this vision, and I'm so excited about each one of them. I could go on all day about each one of them, so I'm gonna do my best to really, really condense. But here's the thing, I've literally written books on some of these if you wanna go deeper. Our world is changing so rapidly. And one of the fascinating things about following Jesus is coming to the realization that Almighty God engineered you for a specific moment in history. You weren't an accident, and the time in which you're born is not by accident. God has allowed us to live at this moment where technology is changing the world and disrupting industries, where the need, where people are more connected than ever, but also more isolated and more alone and more addicted than ever. He's placed us right here, right now, for three opportunities. And here's the first of these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. It's the opportunity to raise our kids and our grandkids for Christ. Our visions for our kids and our grandkids, you know, we get one opportunity to raise them. At the end of our lives, we'll look back and none of us are, are gonna regret the time we spent with our kids or the way we taught them about how Jesus can set them free and put them on a path of freedom in their life and in their future marriage and relationships. We're not gonna regret anything we invest into our kids, but so many people look back at the end of their life and say, I wish I had spent more time or I wish I had done more to spiritually lead my children. I want you to picture in your mind right now the faces of three children or grandchildren, three young people under the age of 18. Do you have the pictures in your mind? They might be your kids or grandkids. They might be kids in your neighborhood. And I wanna share with you a, a national trend that is beyond our control as far as the whole nation goes. Two out of those three will abandon Christianity by their 30th birthday according to the national trend that is at work right now in the United States. 
This is not an opinion. This is according to researchers like Barna and Gallup and Lifeway that as our society is rapidly turning away from Christianity, it is taking with it two out of three Christian young people raised in Christian homes, abandoning the faith between their 18th birthday and their 29th. And so the very first part of our vision is to say this, we're gonna do everything in our power to be a church that is an exception to that trend. And here's what's so encouraging, we already are a church that is an exception to that trend. So we're essentially building here on an island of strength. Part of what drew me and my wife to Connection Point is the heritage of discipleship, the proof of young people who've grown up here who are still walking with Christ. And we said, that's the kind of movement we wanna be part of. That's where we wanna raise our kids. Let me show you some Connection Point kids. This is a collection of some small groups. Many of you know that starting before kindergarten, we put our kids in small groups, either a girl's small group or a boy's small group. And as they grow up, that small group will stay together from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. And they often have a small group leader, a mentor who stays with them on that whole journey. So in addition to you as a parent speaking into their life about how following Jesus is good, they've got this group of peers who are also following Jesus and they've got this mentor outside of you who's helping them as their bodies change when they hit puberty, as they go through middle school and high school, as they learn how to navigate social media, as they go through all kinds of relationships and problems, they've got this stable relationships around them of these other followers of Jesus. Now I wanna show you this same group of kids because they've grown up a little bit. And this is the same group of Connection Point kids. And I love this picture because it's proof that this church already is defying the national trend. By national statistics, two thirds of these kids should not be following Jesus anymore. But by God's grace, all these kids are still following Jesus as young adults. I'll tell you about a few of them. Justin Hazel has been leading worship for a church plant in Indy. Luke Marsh is studying criminal justice at Indiana State. Grant Baker is studying pharmacy at Butler. Matt Thompson actually graduates this weekend with his bachelor's in Christian ministry and he's starting a master's degree for ministry. Alex Trenum is pursuing a healthcare degree at Ivy Tech. And here's the point. Some of them are called into full-time ministry, like what I do up here. Most of them are called like you to serve in the marketplace, either in healthcare or criminal justice or other areas. But the most important thing is every one of them is still following Jesus by his grace. That's the movement we have. And so the first cornerstone of our vision is to say, we're going to invest resources and time and focus and energy to continue to be a movement that defies those odds. You know, I recently lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. Before that, I worked in mainstream media. And I'm not as young as these kids, but I'm young enough to know that the world our kids and grandkids are going out into is a world that is hostile toward Christianity. It's a world where they will often be typecast. They'll be prejudiced against if they're a sincere follower of Jesus. They'll meet very smart, educated people who say, oh, if you're a Christian, then you're a bigot, you're prejudiced, you're anti-intellectual, you don't even know how bad the movement is that you're part of. And so what this vision is, is to say, we're gonna do everything in our power to deeply root the identity of our young people so they know that they are part of the greatest movement for social good in all of human history. 
And even when we meet people who misunderstand that, we're ready to give an answer. We know what our identity is, and we're going to equip them intellectually so that they know that what they believe, it's the same faith as Isaac Newton and C.S. Lewis and many brilliant, brilliant people who shared this faith. So they'll be equipped in their hearts, in their identity, and in their minds. And so to summarize this part of the vision, it's that we will raise the strongest generation. Anyone with me on that? You guys want to raise the strongest generation? I do. On your way out today, we'll give you a booklet that really goes deeper into each of these. But I want you right now to just pull up in your mind again the image of that child or grandchild. Maybe it's a future child if you're here and, and you don't yet have kids, or maybe it's kids in our ministry right now. I just want you to have that picture in your mind. And with each of us picturing those young people, let's claim it by faith and let's actually declare this together, okay? Do you have the picture in your mind? Now let's say it together. Say it with me like a declaration, okay? We will raise the strongest generation. That's the first part of our vision. Well, there's a second once in a lifetime opportunity before us. We only have one chance to raise this generation. There's another once in a lifetime opportunity and it has to do with our neighbors and our world. Our vision is for our neighbors and it's for our world. I mentioned it earlier, our world's more connected than ever, but it's more divided than ever. Opioid addictions are on the rise, suicide rates are on the rise. We get to be a beacon of light and hope within that dark world. Now, by God's grace, he's been growing us as a movement. I want to show you an unexpected way that God worked in 2018, okay? There's four bars here, and these first two, this is our physical attendance on an average weekend during the last year, and you can see from 2017 to 2018 that we grew by about 200 people per weekend. So praise God for that. And this is an average. This includes the low weeks, the high weeks. They're all averaged in there. Now what these two bars are is the number of people who watch one of our messages, or you might call it a sermon, online. And this doesn't, if they just watch the first 30 seconds, it doesn't count. This is if they watch at least 30 minutes of the message, okay? So back in 2017, about 2,000 people were watching the message each week Last year, the Spirit of God chose to breathe on our digital presence, and we have almost 7,000 people per week, that's the average, watching our messages. So radical growth. We now actually, more people watch our message every weekend online than in the building, even though we have more people in the building than ever before. So as we prayed and we really sought God and said, God, what are you doing in our church? What are you calling us to do as a movement? You know, we've filled this building up. What's next? What are you calling us to? It was as we were praying about that that we saw these numbers. And this 7,000 or so is the average. In other words, we have some messages that have 15 to 20,000 views. These 7,000, many of them are regular viewers and they're all around the country. In fact, we've got a map that shows you where our regular viewers are. And to put this into some context, if you look above Indy here, this is the Chicago bubble, we call it, and that's about 600 people. There's about 600 people in the Chicago area who watch our teaching every weekend. We don't know why, we don't know who they are, but we do know their zip code and their IP address and we know that they watch every week. Hi guys in Chicago, okay? <laughs> And so, you know, what's so cool is there's similar sized bubbles in the Northwest, in the Bay Area, in Phoenix, and around the country. And as we prayed and said, okay, God, you've called us to make disciples. Now, someone just watching a message, that's a great step, 
but we know that's not full discipleship. Discipleship happens in relationship. And we went back to the book of Acts and we looked at the early church and we realized, you know, in the book of Acts, they didn't have a building. We're grateful for this building. We're going to take good care of it. That's part of the third part of our vision. But what if we could start to reach out to these people and they could start to have small groups right where they are? You know, what if in a world where people do more and more on their phone, a world where Netflix has completely displaced Blockbuster, no one's gone to a Blockbuster video lately, right, because they're bankrupt, in a world where Amazon is displacing Sears and JCPenney, in a world where Rocket Mortgage is the fastest growing mortgage lender because people do their banking, their identity, their retirement, they do everything on here, what if we could give them a small group experience on their phone that isn't a replacement for relationships, but a catalyst for relationships. In other words, the screen coaches them, a pastor coaches them to gather someone into their living room or their dorm room at Purdue, Purdue, or their uh, lunch room up in the Salesforce Tower. They grab a friend and they start to not just listen to the messages, but they start to journey through the Christian life, learning how to share their faith, how to meet each other's needs, how to study scripture, how to identify their spiritual gifts. This is our vision in the digital realm, that we could start two-way communication and we could have 7,000 more followers in our movement who might not be able to physically fly into Indianapolis every weekend, but could be part of our movement. And when you think of a number like 7,000, I wanna show you a picture of someone you saw in the Because of You video. This is Jay Hines. And I show you Jay's picture. In the video, he talked about how a neighbor invited him here. And he came here and he heard about Christ. He was saved. He was baptized. He's now living a completely transformed life along with his family. And Jay is a reminder for me when I think of 8,000 people at Easter, every one of them is a Jay. And when we think of these 7,000 people who are watching us every week, who are scattered all around the country, every one of them is a Jay. And so what if instead of us building another building, what if we built an online small group experience where those 7,000 people could join us as a movement? And when we at Christmas time all gather together to meet the needs of families who can't afford to have Christmas, they do the same thing in Chicago and in Seattle and in Phoenix and all around the country. As I prayed about this, God has started to open doors. We are in contact with one of these regular viewers who uh, is up in the Seattle area. And he's a brand new Christian, about two-month-old Christian. And he followed with us through that Jesus Loves Me series, Learning the Christian Essentials. And he's there in Seattle. We could build a group around him there. But here's what God showed me. The other day, I was at the closest Starbucks here, probably a quarter mile up the road. And I was going through the drive-thru, and the barista said, hey, I think I know you from somewhere, um, which happens a lot in Brownsburg. So I kind of played it cool. It was like, okay, good. Good to see you. And, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to see if he was going to figure it out, you know? And, and so after a while, he's like kind of scratching his head. And he goes, it's Connection Point, right? And I was like, yeah, it is, man. I'm so glad you attend. When have you been? What service do you come to? He said, I've never been to the building. I said, oh, okay. Uh, he was like, get this. He says, I'm actually legally blind. I can see, but I can't see more than a couple feet in front of me. And I, I can't drive. I have to get rides to work. So I've never been to a church because I can't get rides. But I watch you guys every Sunday at 11.15. He's right here in Brownsburg. And he's, he's not in Seattle or Phoenix. He's right here. And in that moment, I had this realization. Yes, God's going to use this digital vision to reach people in Seattle and Phoenix and around the country. But there's people right here in Brownsburg. There's people in Indianapolis 
who either because of a disability or because of past wounds or even social anxiety, they're never gonna set foot in a physical church and yet they can still encounter Jesus through us as a movement. We've got this history, this legacy of loving people. And if we can create digital tools that allow loving people to connect, I know that God's gonna use us in a big way. We know spiritual growth happens in groups. So this digital vision does not replace relationships. It instigates them. It creates them. And so for this part of the vision, we say we will reach more people than we ever thought possible. And on this part, I wonder if you would think of in your mind someone you know anywhere in the country who doesn't yet follow Christ or maybe they've wandered away and you pray for them. You want them to be in relationship with Jesus. I think of one of my old newspaper editors in Phoenix. You may have a a loved one who's not walking with Christ. I know we've got a gal on staff. Her brother lives in Chicago. He's not a believer and she's praying that he'll get caught up in this Chicago movement. I want you to visualize that person and as you visualize that person, I want you to claim in faith that God can use us as we unite our resources. And would you read this together with me as a declaration? Are you guys ready? We will reach more people than we ever thought possible. It's happening today because of the faith of people 180 years ago, and it can happen in our lifetimes because of our faith. Well, there's a third once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it's this, that our vision is for your unique, fulfilling purpose. In other words, you're gonna find purpose as you join into this work of God that you won't find in anything else. And as we do this, it's gonna give stability and prepare this church for the future. Our vision is to prepare this church for the future. And this third part of the vision has to do with this facility that we wanna take excellent care of it. You know, Jesus taught, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. So as we prayed about the vision, we know a lot of other churches at our size, they start doing other buildings around and they kind of spread out facilities. And we think that's an okay strategy. It's actually a great strategy. It's just not what we're called to right now. And part of why we're not called to it right now is that we do have a mortgage on this facility. That's not a bad mortgage for an organization of our size, but just like most of us in the room have a mortgage on our house, there's a mortgage here. And so actually every year, two or three churches contact us, at least the last two, that are smaller churches that say, we're about to shut down, would you take over our facility? And we know from past experience, if a church doesn't, some other group will. Uh, Every time we run the numbers, we say, what would it really cost to do that right? And then we look here and we say, man, if we didn't have a mortgage here, we could do that, but we need to be faithful with what we already have first. And so the idea here is that we wanna prepare for impossible opportunities because we know that in the next years as we keep following God and stepping out in faith, he is gonna open big doors of opportunity. It might be that the 600 people in Chicago all get in small groups and they say, we wanna start a Connection Point Chicago. Or it might be that a church within 20 minutes of here that has a nice facility is going under and they say, would you take over our facility and make it a site? We don't know what it's gonna be, but we know there will be a big opportunity as we keep being faithful with what God's given us. And so this part of the vision is let's pay down this facility and take great care of this facility so that we're ready when that door opens and a big door will open and we won't be in a place of being like, oh, I wish we could do that. We just hadn't thought ahead. But instead we'll be like, We stepped out in faith, we knew this was coming, now God opened the door, and we're in a place financially to step through it. 
Well, I wasn't alive when we landed on the moon, when the U.S. landed on the moon. Some of you were here in 1969. It was a historic day when Buzz Aldrin and and Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. I was reading about it this last week, and here's what I learned. It took an estimated 400,000 scientists, engineers, and technicians to accomplish this historic accomplishment of landing on the moon. So we see the two guys who were famous for it, but it took 400,000 people. There was one seamstress who sewed 21 layers of fabric. She did the stitching for each one of those spacesuits. And I think about this because this was such a historic moment. Here's a picture of some of those 400,000. And it took such a massive team. And you know what I know, just knowing human nature, a whole lot of these people, a whole lot of those 400,000, as they got older and they were in retirement homes, guess what story they're telling to their grandkids and their neighbors? I was part of the lunar landing. I, I stitched that together. I was part of the engineering team. I was part of the facility. I was part of one of the biggest accomplishments in human history. In fact, last night, I talked about this, and a guy on our production team said, yeah, that's what my grandpa always said. He designed one of the batteries on some, some battery for something. I don't know what. So, but, but he was like, exactly what you're saying. That's what my grandpa always said. So here's my question for you. You know, At the end of your life, will you have been a part of anything great? At the end of your life, Will there be anything that you were a part of that you invested in that will outlive you? Will you be part of something that's eternal? And so for this part of the vision, we say, we will prepare for impossible opportunities. In my mind, I visualize those open doors and I don't know what they are. I don't know if it's in Chicago or if it's another facility here in Indy. Only God knows what it is, but I know that door is ahead of us. And so we will prepare right now We will invest right now so we're in a place financially to walk through those doors. In this life, you can say every time you drive by this building, that building is there because of me. That's my church. And by my church, I don't just mean I go there, but I mean that building exists because of me. I helped make it or I helped pay it off. You can say that child has a home because of me. Those parents didn't divorce because of me. That marriage was saved because of me. And in the next life, when we're in the physical kingdom of heaven, where we're gonna have bodies, and yes, we're gonna live eternally, but it's not gonna be boring, it's gonna be awesome. The God who made all the adventures of this life has way better adventures in that life. There's gonna be people up the street, and you're gonna say, that family is in heaven because of me, because I was part of something. I never could have done it on my own, but I got to be part of a team and do something so big. You know, history's greatest accomplishments require teams. No one person, solo person, could have accomplished landing on the moon. No one person could have defeated evil during World War II. No one person could do what we did at Easter weekend. And what God has before us, it's going to require a team. And greater things, it's only going to happen if all of us join in. I'm giving my life to this thing. And I'm asking you guys, will you join me in this? Will you be part of this? There's a lot of things in my life that I've said no to so that I can say yes to this. And as God shows you what your role is in this, will you join me in just saying, God, whatever you show me to do, I'll be part of this thing. Our goal for this greater things 
There's a, a big price tag on it as you add up these different paying down the facility here, really reaching people digitally, really investing more in our next generation. It adds up and it looks like a big number, but it's way less of a number than churches of this size do. It's way less of a number than this church did in its last campaign. And here's my prayer as a pastor and as a shepherd. It's 100% participation. That is that every one of us would be on the team. Whether you're sewing the fabric or paying for the lunar module, every one of us has a role to play. And if you've never given consistently, this is a chance for you to say, you know what, I wanna be part of the group that stands next time. So maybe you start at what you give to Netflix and you're like, hey, Jesus matters as much as Netflix to me, so I'm gonna give that much every month. Maybe you start there and that's your baby step. Maybe you say, I'm gonna match my car payment. Maybe God's been growing you and you say, I'm ready to be a mature Christian and start doing that 10% that I hear the mature Christians talking about. I don't know what your step is, but I know that there is a step that God has for you. When I think of how each generation has handed this ministry on to the next and connection point in each generation has stepped out in faith and grown, when I think of that, I think of an elder here who's now in heaven. His name is Wilbur, and here's a picture of him. Here's Wilbur. I got to meet Wilbur right as I was joining Connection Point, and I got to know his heart, and then God called him home to heaven. And you know what's neat about this picture? Is that he's kneeling possibly right where you're sitting. He's kneeling in this room as it was being built. Before the carpet went down, he's writing a prayer a prayer for the future of the church, a prayer for me, a prayer for all of us who've come since 2005. We're all answers to this prayer. And what's so incredible about Wilbur is that he sat right where you are. He wasn't a full-time pastor, but he loved God. He loved this church. And he's a man who served faithfully. He's also a man who was financially committed. He understood Jesus' teaching that where your treasure is, your heart is. And it's because of what he invested financially, as well as hundreds of others, that this building is here. Now here's what I know today. Wilbur's earthly body is in a casket somewhere, but his heavenly body is with the Lord. Hebrews 11 de describes the Christians who go before us as this cloud of witnesses. And they have this like grandstand view looking down on planet earth and they see what's happening. And they see how God's working all around the world and how he's bringing about his redemption in the day that Christ will return. They see all that from heaven. And so what I know is that Wilbur, he literally is watching us right now. And here's what I know for a guy like Wilbur. He's not looking down and saying, oh man, I should have invested more in my retirement fund, you know? He's saying, I'm so glad I invested in the kingdom of God. I'm so glad. And, and every one of us who've placed our faith in Christ, we're not saved by giving money to a church or anything we could do. We're saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did on the cross. But there will come a time when we are in that eternal kingdom and we're looking back on planet earth and we're gonna say one of two things. We're either gonna say, I'm so glad I did or we're gonna say, I wish I had. I wish I'd had the vision to see that that car was someday gonna be rusting in a scrapyard. I wish I'd had the vision to see that someday that remodel I did on my house would be ripped out by someone else. There's nothing wrong with those things, but we need to have a vision that sees beyond those things. So we can look back and say, God, yeah, thank you for the comforts you gave me in that life, but it was so temporary. I'm so glad I was part of something bigger. I was part of something eternal. And so here's what I wanna ask you as we start this Greater Things series. Will you commit to a commitment? as led by God. 
Will you decide today just to say, you know, God, it's between me and you, it's a private thing, but what you show me to do to be part of this movement, I will do it. So I'm gonna seek you, God, because this is all about your relationship with God. And as you seek him, he'll speak to you. And it might scare you at first. The number he gave me scared me at first. But then you're gonna step out in faith and you're gonna see, wow, he provides. I'm already seeing that. We've stepped out in faith for greater things, Mel and I have, and already I'm seeing God do things that it's like, whoa, he's, gonna, he's already taking care of us. You know, as we prayed about what's our commitment, we, we looked at our budget and there was some stuff we could do, but then it was like, we can't get that number unless we go into our savings. And we realized, well, we've got this remodel we were gonna do on our master bathroom, and that's when I realized, you know, 50 years from now, I'm gonna be in heaven, and someone else is gonna rip out that remodel or tear down the whole house. Is there anything wrong with remodeling the bathroom? Not at all. But right now, I'd rather put that money into my kids knowing Christ and your kids knowing Christ and us reaching people who will be with us in heaven for eternity. And so at the start of this series, we're just saying, will you commit to saying, God, whatever it is you show me to do, I'll do it. It's all about your relationship with him. And I wanna pray that for you now as we prepare our hearts. Father, we're here because people before us believed in you. They believed in what is unseen. And by faith, they believed in you not only for salvation, but they obeyed you with their time and with their resources. And it's because of that that we have this room and these speakers and these cameras and thousands of people every weekend are connecting to you and growing in you because of the faith of the people who went before us. And so God, I stand here very aware, very humbled that I now have a baton that's been passed to me and it is on me as a leader and it is on us as your church to say that in our generation, the kingdom of God will expand on our watch. It's never stagnant. And so Lord, show us what you'd have each one of us to do. Would you plant in our heart an inspiring passion? Would you open our eyes to see the opportunity that's before us? And then would you move our wills to obedience, that whatever you show each of us to do, we will obey as an act of worship and as an opportunity to experience your faithfulness, your power, your provision for us as individuals and for your work on earth. We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're about to take our normal offering and as we take it, you're gonna see a video that kind of summarizes what this grand vision is. And you're gonna see, it's gonna take all of us to do it, but we're gonna do it as an act of worship. Let's go ahead and take a look as we give today. In every generation, the kingdom of God is either expanding or contracting. It's never stagnant. As we believe in God for greater things, we choose that God's kingdom will expand on our watch. We will raise the strongest generation possible. We will leverage digital experiences to reach more people than we ever thought possible. And we will be faithful with what God has entrusted, believing He will open doors of impossible opportunity. This bold step forward will require $8.3 million above our regular giving over the next two years. It will take all of us to reach the goal. If this movement has helped you or your family, join us in your next generosity step. Your step up may be 
to begin giving consistently. To begin giving 10% of your income. To commit a sacrificial or extravagant gift above 10%. The most important thing is that we all take a step and do it as an act of worship. God has placed us at this time in history to unite our gifts and resources to do greater things. Join us in committing that on our watch, the kingdom of God will expand in our community, in the hearts of our children, and around the world. So on your way out in just a moment, you'll get one of these booklets, and and here's my ask of you today. I'd ask that you take this and that you put it somewhere where you meet with God consistently. You know, maybe you've got a place where you read your Bible or a place where you pray. Um, I'm kind of a night owl, so for me, it's my nightstand. For some of you, it's with your morning coffee. It's that time where you're connecting with God. And what I would ask is that you would just join the elders and me. We've all made very sacrificial commitments. And just start saying, God, what are you calling us to do as a family or what are you calling me to do as an individual you know the the numbers look big but that's a way smaller number than what it took to build this facility and I want you to think not about the numbers so much is just God am I really prioritizing your kingdom in my life what does it look like I mean if someone looks at my spending what are my top three priorities is God in my top three is he even in any of my monthly regular commitments and really what this is is an opportunity for each one of us to say i'm going to step out in faith and i'm going to trust god and i'm going to see him provide and all those who stood earlier who've been part of this before they've seen that you step out like that and then god shows up he provides and you grow you experience him like never before and what's going to happen as we walk through greater things is three things you're going to grow if you make a commitment We're going to grow as a church in that God will knit our hearts together. And just like the Apollo 11 team, we're all going to be like, lunar landings are happening because of us. And I'm part of that. That's happening because of me. And the third thing that will happen is that the actual specifics of the vision, our children, our people around the country who aren't yet in groups and growing, and our stability here financially for the future, all those will also get accomplished. But what God's really after is each of our hearts. So grab one of these on your way out. I'm just gonna pray you out of here with a blessing. Why don't you guys stand up with me? I know I've, my condensed version of the vision was still a lot of stuff. So thanks for hanging in there with me, okay? Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for each person in this room. Lord, you love us. You give us a grace relationship where we are accepted, not because of anything we've done, but because of the work of Christ on the cross. And Jesus, as we think how you went out of your comfort zone and you sacrificed to reach people in need, we want to follow you as followers of Jesus. We will step out of our comfort zone so that we can now reach people in need. So Lord, would you just show us in this next week and throughout this series what you're calling each one of us to do? Lord, some are here and they're brand new believers and it's just like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that to start giving something monthly. Show them what to do. Some are here. This church has changed their lives, but it's 
time now for them to start giving back to change other lives. Others are here and have grown and it's time to take that step to 10%. Others are here and are in a place, a life season where they can make a sacrificial, a radical or extravagant gift. Lord, I pray that every one of our gifts would be radical and extravagant in your eyes and in our hearts, that we would be declaring with what you've given us physically that we're all about your kingdom we're all about your work. So God, knit our hearts together, make this vision happen, grow us in you. We love you. We serve you. All we have belongs to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.